Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hi, everyone. Catherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. Today, I have Kathy Casa with us. She's actually coming from a little home in a tiny little village in Greece. How cool is this? And she is a transformational coach, wellness mentor, and RYT 500 yoga teacher who specializes in yoga, of course, mindfulness and breathing techniques as supportive neuropsychosocial and physical therapies for states of imbalance, such as CPTSD or complex PTSD, ADHD, emotional trauma, and chronic disease. Kathy's holistic approach to wellness is a result of 20 years of research, study, and practice in yogic sciences and a deep understanding of the body-mind-spirit connection. She supports her students through her transformational somatic transcendence programs and therapeutic holistic retreats. Holy cow, that is a lot. I almost don't know where to start. (laughs) But we were talking earlier and I think we were really thinking we'd start with mindfulness because yoga and all these other techniques come out of a mindfulness practice. So as you're thinking about people who are maybe overwhelmed, stressed, have these various brain-based challenges, where would you start with mindfulness? Especially as it pertains to PTSD, would I start with how would I get someone to start? Is that the question? Or well, I think it's like the what's the first little baby step someone who's never tried a mindfulness practice could start with? Yeah. So I think before even we go into that, it's really important, especially for people that struggle with ADHD or ADD or any of the other imbalances that that we mentioned is the effect that the brain chemistry has on your everyday life, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're struggling with ADHD, we know you're wired differently. Your brain chemistry is very different. And what's important to understand about both yoga and meditation and breath work is that they are like balms to the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So starting a practice uh, and and I'll I'll say how to start a practice is so important because it's a part of the rewiring mm-hmm. of the training of the brain, especially in the case of ADHD. It doesn't have to be a fixed 
situation. I don't even like to call it a diagnosis. It doesn't have to be a static situation. And incorporating supportive strategies like meditation and yoga does enable the brain to be that neuro... You've heard, if you've heard the term of neuroplasticity, it yeah. allows the brain neuroplastic so that you can start to rebuild those pathways that will alleviate a lot of the attention and focus and impulsivity and even even some of the additional behaviors like addictions and anything that we do that's not really beneficial to us, but we do it when we're in these states of chronic stress because we consider them a soother. Mm. We get into the mindfulness it has to be a slow process. It has to be a short process. Right. Because like when I tell my ADHD child to straighten his room, <laughs> you know, I can't tell him I need this whole place to be put in order. Right. I have to tell him I'm going to put 10 minutes on the clock. Right. Please take your shoes and put them in the closet or please fold this stack of, of messy clothes. Because that's what we can access right. with. So it's the same way with, with meditation and mindfulness. There are so many strategies. I like, I like to use, if I may, I like to use beads. Okay. Um, you know, we have long beads, which have 108 beads. That's 108 breaths. I like to use bracelets because anybody can focus on, I don't know how many beads there are here, maybe Probably 20. 20. 20, 30, right? But if you count, just count breaths mm. for 30 or use, use um, a phrase to the count of 30, that's an accessible brain reboot. Right. That intervals on your phone. That's, that's kind of accessible to everyone. And the trigger sometimes can, you know, we all know when we get that point where we can't focus anymore and we fidget right. and we need to get get another cup of coffee or we need to, you know, check Facebook or whatever it is we do as a, as a distraction. That's your, that's your reminder. Oh, I've got this resource. Um, that's a very physical can... reminder. And I really like that. I never thought about using the beads on a bracelet. I have two physical reminders in my life because I forget to breathe. I'm fast brained ADHD and it's caused body problems. So I'm learning how to breathe in a proper way that, you know, it helps the vagus system and all these other things. And I think it's actually vagal system. I think I said it backwards. So one is my watch has a little meditative thing on here that tells you how to breathe for a minute. And it does like a little buzzing thing and a little um, flower, you know, like a lotus probably opens up and closes with the breath. The other is I have on my calendar several times a day, a little reminder, which is lean back, is that when you're leaning back, what are you doing? You're resting. Breathe. And then some little catchphrase that might be what's been an area for me that I want to work on. So it might be, today is easy, or today I accept ease, or something even short. It has to be really, really short, right? And I think that while I breathe. And I have that set in my calendar you know, three to four times a day. So I remember it's just a little, and, and by the way, for like three or four breaths, I can actually tell the difference within three or four breaths. So it used to take about six or seven, but now I'm at three and I'm like, oh yeah, totally relaxed again, calm, focused, ready to go. 
So it's a practice. And one of the things I love about yoga and, and mindfulness is they both talk about it being a practice. We're never perfect at it. Don't think very many people have attained nirvana, <laughs> but at least none that I know. I don't have any ambitions to attain nirvana myself, but if you can incorporate this little tiny, these kind of little tiny things in your day here and there with the reminders, I think it's really worthwhile. It is. And that's also the benefit of a yoga practice because you don't necessarily, and thanks to now YouTube and street live streaming services, you don't have to go to your yoga studio and waste two, well, not a waste, but spend rather two hours right. driving, changing, doing a an hour and a half practice and coming back and then sitting in Shavasana and getting all fidgety. There is a huge benefit to even doing 15-minute short yoga sequences. Mm. And ADHDers might love this, right? We're multitasking because we know how exercise affects the dopamine levels and the endorphin levels in the brain. We know that, that all forms of exercise are very helpful. But when you're doing yoga, you're not only guided by the body postures, you're also moving with the breath, which means you're mm. incorporating a measured breath, which is causing your brain to go into the rest and digest response. You need about 20 minutes to be fair, to move from a stress response to a rest response. And if you're with a, especially a trauma-informed teacher, the instruction that you're receiving is about being mindful in the practice. You're receiving instruction about how to move the body parts, how to really focus, be in your body, bring all of your focus into your body. So again, you're training the brain. You're, you're rewiring it slowly, slowly, slowly. So for me, having that trifecta <laughs> of <laughs> of yoga, breath work, of movement, breath work, and mindfulness in, in those short little bursts, 20 minutes. If Could you imagine if you had that 20-minute routine uh, every morning mm. set you up for a productive day? We even use that mantra. Sometimes we have, I, I've done classes with an, I am productive mantra. This is me being productive. I've had an, I love myself mantra. It's really hard be upset with yourself for not being able to focus when you spent 20 minutes or if you love it 30 minutes, right? you know, moving and telling yourself how much you love yourself. So there's just something about this practice that is so soothing. And so it, it's a reset. It, it, it really is a reset. And I'm blessed and grateful not only to be able to have it myself, but to share it right. with I've shared it with my, my son who has ADHD and many, many clients. <laughs> love it. I love it. One of my practices, uh, and it really came out of having dealt with cancer and them saying, you've got to exercise and me saying, oh, you know, something's going to have to give. And what was going to give was my morning gratitude practice. And so what I did instead was I took what I called gratitude walks. So they were power walks. But as I went through the world outside, I would say, wow, I love how I can see this tree blooming. Or as I got sicker and sicker, wow, I'm so happy and grateful that I can walk today and, and or not be out of breath or whatever it was. And it's so easy when we're outside, especially 
to see all the things we can be grateful for. And, and when we're first starting, and this is like a meditative practice, you you really start with like little things like, I have a roof over my head and that's okay. You know, it, it, it's start wherever you are, I think is the biggie for me when you're starting some kind of a mindfulness or meditative practice is where are you at right now? And what's the easiest thing you could do, do to just get started? Because that first little step is just going to build on itself. Yes, it's a, it's huge. And and what you did, those meditative walks, those gratitude walks, that's all a part of that mindfulness piece that just that act of gratitude is so very healing. It's so incredibly powerful. And one of the things that I found so hopeful, even when my child was diagnosed with ADHD, because it was a diagnosis I was very afraid of, to be fair, mm. I felt hopeful right. because of this background that I had. I thought, okay, we have tools. Right. We know we do have tools and they really are powerful. It's, I, I think for a long time, the medical community has, I, I think now they're catching up. For a long time, they were very kind of pro only medication or there isn't, you know, this is just something you're going to have to learn to manage. Well, we have the tools to change that and they are powerful. So it's um, that one little baby step, five minutes. The beauty of it is now, honestly, start with YouTube. Mm. Pop songs in the morning before you get out of bed. Pop, you know, YouTube, a morning meditation. Right. You'll get good meditations for five minutes, 10 minutes. They're really short. And even that is a beautiful place to start. And it's interesting because when I was doing that, I found there were certain voices that just didn't resonate for me. Well, then try somebody else. There are tons of them. Not a big deal. And I did that. So some walking, true walking meditations. I've done some of those. Uh, it was very interesting. I do have a friend who's in the healing arts, who's local. And when she found out I was going to be going through chemo, she said, you really need a special meditation to do while you're having the chemo. Actually, yes. during the time you're at chemo. So I'd have my headphones and my iPad and I had this meditation, her talking. And as I was taking the actual medications in, the meditation was all about having them heal my body without doing damage to anything. So it was very much about bringing that in and making sure it was really working to get rid of the cancer. And then the coolest thing was, was I have a very dear friend locally who is a master Reiki healer and she's been doing Reiki for like 30 years. And I contacted her and I said, I want to come and do Reiki after chemo. Let's figure out the best time. So I would do the taking in one day and then two or three days later, I would go for Reiki and do the clearing out. <laughs> and it was incredible. And I'll never forget because it was almost Christmas time and she runs a sale at Christmas time. And I said, everyone's like, what do you want for Christmas? Sure. I was like, Reiki, I want Reiki sessions. So everyone got me these gift cards for Reiki so that I could go every week after chemo. And it was wonderful. It's so powerful. It is so, because, and this is a fundamental of yoga. The yogis view the human being in five layers, right? There's the physical layer. There is the, the breath layer, which is your energy. There's your um, emotional layer, which is where our psychology comes in, our emotions. Then there's your intellectual layer and your spiritual layer. Mm. And the way they view them is sort of like, Oh, goodness. Sorry. 
I actually um, thought that was fitting. There, an image came up, and I loved it. It was beautiful. And I'm getting a call. <laughs> so the 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 beauty of them is that there's these five layers. We can't separate them. If you think of them as nesting dolls, right? But they're so they're kind of locked together. So mm. I can't separate the physical you from the energetic you from the emotional you. They're all intertwined. So when you're healing cancer or when you're healing anything, ADHD, uh, anxiety, we have to feel it on every part of the being. Mm. That's why we see that even people that have gone through intense emotional trauma, it shows up in their body. That's how I noticed most of the emotional trauma in my students was I was looking at their postures right. when I was teaching yoga and I thought, oh, this woman is suffering. Mm-hmm. And that what ended up getting me to move beyond the, you know, the yoga for exercise. And then I started to realize that what it really was, was a tool for being Mm. healing. So I'm, I'm not surprised that I think it's fantastic that you were able to incorporate all of those healing arts, the, the chemo, the, the probably I'm assuming nutrition the, the energy, yoga, the breathing, the mindfulness, the gratitude, that was all so, it just brings this perfect package together. And I think this is the future of medicine, of healing, that we have to look at the human in a holistic way. I'm an Eastern medicine doctor and I had this really bad sinus infection. It wasn't getting better. It was just brutal. And I was already on a really, what I call a horse pill. I was on a serious antibiotic. And I said, I didn't want to be on such a strong antibiotic, but they kind of insisted. And, and I knew it was just going to be too much for my body. So I went to my Eastern medicine doctor and I said, this is what's going on. And she proceeded to do cupping and acupuncture, all of which I get anyway, but she targeted healing and she targeted sinus drainage. And I got home and an hour later, I could do nothing but blow my nose. I went through an entire box of Kleenex in about 24 hours. It was just, I remember sitting in meetings, like having my screen off and people are like, you okay? I'm like, I'm just blowing my nose. You all don't want to see me. It was crazy, but it's what made it better. And there's something to that, you know, that stuck energy and we have to unstuck it. And which really leads to the next thing, which is this whole idea of somatic transcendence, because not I could be wrong, but I don't think very many people know about somatic healing and what's involved in that. So I'd love for you to talk about that. I actually do because I've had it done, but I would love for you to talk to it. So I work with the body more in terms of yoga therapy. And so we, I base my teaching on the, the energy systems of the body, the chakra systems. Right. So for me, uh, depending on when I speak with a client, I look to see where their illness is or where their trauma is, right. depending on what it is. And, and usually it's a combination, right? The trauma caused the illness. It's usually in the same place. And then we work, we work yoga poses, yoga postures, asana, as we call it, to release the energy, re- and, but to also release the physical tension, open up the body. And in many, many respects with the somatic, with somatic transcendence, it's about moving back into your body. Because when we are in pain, whether that pain is emotional or physical, we tend to block off Mm. and feel those parts of our body. 
So it's really important to get back in there, feel those parts, understand how they move and connect the emotion that's present in those parts. Right. So that you, that you can feel it. You can, you can't push it away. You have to acknowledge it. The reason it's showing up physically is because you need to acknowledge it. Right. It's sort of like, it's hard. I'm not going to lie, but it's better. Yeah, I equate it to having this overstuffed closet, right? That when it, whenever you have stuff that you don't want to deal with, you, you put it in a closet until that closet's about to burst. Right. And you really don't want to go in there. So you'll reinforce the closet. You'll keep pushing the closet door closed. But eventually that stuff is going to spill out. Mm-hmm. And it's going, when it spills out, it's going to spill out in the form of an illness. So now it's, what do we do? We need to deal with it. We need to process it. We need to organize it, make sense of it, feel it. It's amazing what happens when you take a few moments. And again, this brings it back to mindfulness. What do you feel and where do you feel it in your body? Mm -hmm. Even if you stop in a moment of anger, if, you know, if my son hasn't cleaned up his room and I'm ready to to scream, which, you know, even yoga teachers, (laughs) there's moments where I'm like, okay, what do I feel? And where do I feel it in my body? And once I, I sit with that emotion and I sit in that place, and maybe do a yoga pose that that supports me in that. Uh, I'll do a warrior or a child's pose, mm-hmm. or sometimes put myself up on pillows so that my heart is open, so I can really feel. It is transformational. You can process things that you never imagined. You can even recall things that you could never have imagined were causing a problem. Extraordinary! It's extraordinary. My former therapist used to say, if it's hysterical, it's historical. So (laughs) I remember my daughter being very little and she decided to take all the toilet paper off the roll and spread it all over the place. I I don't even know. And I remember just, and she was little, I mean, baby, like still had a crib. And I was just beside myself. This just triggered me in some way that I couldn't even imagine. I, I still to this day don't know why I was triggered. But I do remember this. I picked her up, put her in her crib, and she had this little tea set. So I put it in there and I said, how about you play tea in the crib? You'll be safe here. And I walked out because I could just tell. I was just like, no. And I went in another room and I got it out. I don't remember exactly what I did. I might have actually hopped in the shower and kind of like just screamed and cried and got it out. And to this day, Kathy, I can't tell you what that was about. I'm not entirely sure. Could it possibly come from like childhood or something? Yeah, probably. But you know, it was historical because it was a complete overreaction. It's just a roll of toilet paper. Now, in in March 2020, just a roll of toilet paper was a different drill. But in, you know, this is, we're talking like 16 years ago or call it 14 years ago. You know, it was just a roll of toilet paper. It wasn't the end of the world. And yet something inside triggered and it was for me and it was wild. But you know, if we know how to tap in, like you said, to your body and where you're feeling it, what's going on, and just honor whatever that emotion is in a way that's safe to others. <laughs> you know, key caveat here, you know, if you're going to punch a pillow, you're not going to punch somebody else, even when we want to, <laughs> you know, then it, it it's great to get it out because you've processed it. I don't know if you've read Peter Levine's Waking the Tiger. No, but I'm familiar with his work. But it's it's similar to um, I'm forgetting the other body based book that just went right out of my head. But I know you know it. 
it was like life changing when I realized that there wasn't just fight or flight, that there's fight, flight, freeze. And actually, he doesn't talk about fawn or I, or I don't remember it because the freeze was the one for me. So freeze was my trauma response. And once I learned that and learned that that was okay, and that was just an animal way of doing things, and whether we want to admit it or not, folks, ultimately, we are animals. <laughs> we just happen to be on two legs with a really good brain. Then I was able to really tap into that and to recognize where the energy is coming from. And I think it's important to note here, too, it's not, you know, there's so many modalities. If you're not comfortable, say, doing EFT tapping, then, and then do yoga. Try whatever the thing is that gets you the help you need to support your body. Because, you know, I want to go, go to this now is mind, body, spirit connection. It's all connected. It is all connected. And to your point, uh, what you said that you couldn't remember what triggered you, that it was probably something from your childhood. There are some incredible healers, Gabor Mate, the one that I, that, that's coming mm. to mind right who believes that ADHD stems from infanthood, from, from attachments, from little baby traumas that we have as infants. And that one of the keys to moving through it is, and his, and his books are incredible. I probably have it here somewhere. I recommend, I think, Scattered Mind. Right. I haven't read it, but it's on my list. Even for adults with ADD, even, um, or if you were parenting a child with ADD, there's just incredible information about attachments and these modalities, these healing modalities work so well in resetting the brain because like you said, they do work on the energy lines. They work on the emotions. They, they create space between you and your emotions so that even if you don't recall the trauma, you can process it. And to what you mentioned about different modalities, there are so many, which is why I always, always recommend a wellness coach. Mm. Someone trauma-informed who understands about the neuroscience, the neurobiology. They don't need to be neurobiologists, but they have the, the vocabulary right. so that they can understand what's going to help you. Because at the end of the day, we have to cater to the individual. And I think that's where yoga teachers, mindfulness coaches, wellness coaches, you know, I, I've, I've gotten many times the, the feedback of, well, you're not a therapist. No, I'm not. No. I'm not a therapist. I think therapy is very, very important in healing, but it's again, one therapy. Like when you had your cancer, you didn't just go to an oncologist. Right. You went to a Reiki specialist and you did your mindfulness and, and you listened to your meditations and all of that came together to support you. And it's the same with ADHD. You don't just go to the psychiatrist for if you choose the medicine route, that you go to your wellness coach, you go to your psychologist and manage where, where this trauma is showing up on every layer of your body. And you're also helping yourself from producing other diseases mm -hmm. because event disease will show up in those traumatized parts of the body. There's another great book that I recommend. Are you familiar with the work of Carolyn Mace, MYSS? Yes. Medical Intuitive, uh, Anatomy of the Spirit for anyone that really wants to understand how, how their, how does she put it? Your biography becomes your biology. Biology, yep. All right, hysterical is probably historical. Same thing. I recommend her books very much. They're 
brilliant. They are well, beautifully written, incredible mm. story, and so practical in understanding your own story right. and how it's affecting your reality in the present moment. Really, really powerful work. Really powerful work. I, I highly recommend both of those healers for additional information. Right. And just to talk to story for a minute, one of the things that can happen is as you process trauma or anything else you've gone through, you're rewriting the story, you're rewiring the pathways in the brain, which fascinates me because how much power do we have to be able to do that? I don't think we tap into half the power we have as human beings. We don't. And I find this funny because, you know, law, remember when the secret came out? Law of attraction. attraction. (laughs) Some people said, oh, well, I tried it and it doesn't work. And it's true. We are electromagnetic beings and having, we are super powerful. It's just that our power is hidden underneath all of these trappings. And Mm -hmm. that's what the Eastern traditions have always taught us is that once we can separate from that and understand that that's not who we really are, it's a part of us, but it's not who we really are. Right. When we create that space, then we really do understand how deep our power is. And your reality does change. Your, the way you make decisions changes. You don't make them from places of fear and victimization. Now you're making decisions from a place of optimism, a place of joy. It's a very different dynamic. It changes your relationships. It changes your future. It changes your parenting style, the way you show up at work. It's so profound, so profound. So yes, I I agree. We are much more powerful than we know. (laughs) Absolutely. And so much profound discussion here. I hate to say that we're actually kind of wrapping up, I would love to hear from you. What's your favorite productivity tool? What helps you stay productive? Is mindset breaks. I do mindset throughout the day. I have my, my bracelet. I do the same thing. I go for, I'm lucky to live by the beach. So I go for walks and I look for heart-shaped rocks. <laughs> oh. I live on a beach that has lots of, lots of rocks, but, but if you can be anywhere, you can be in the Northeast, you know, I, I used to love to go walking in the woods. So right. that, that productivity, it's, it's to take a step back. Right. I call it being intentionally unproductive. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's- and the key word in there is intention, because if we, it's very easy to just be unproductive and just play Candy Crush or something else, but you're not getting that kind of dopamine hit that you would get. We do get a dopamine hit, but it's not the same as saying mindfully, I'm going to take this break and go out and take it. Then your body is like, oh yeah, you took a break. Whereas the other thing is like, oh, you just kind of slid into it and your body doesn't even really know. It's like, oh, no, there's a day off. Well, but then just take the day off. (laughs) If you can, I get that not everyone can, but there, it really does make a difference. And, And getting out in nature is fabulous. It's one of my favorite things. So Love this. Thank you so much, Kathy. How can people find you? You can find me uh, through my website, which is it's, it's a long one, Kathy Casa Yoga Dynamis, D Y N A M I S 
com. You can reach me there. Uh, Facebook, same thing. Instagram, same thing. All of my, you can email me and I will respond. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. This was just amazing. Thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation. Does any of this sound like you? You're an overwhelmed professional. You just want to control your busy schedule. You're feeling stuck and unfocused. You can't seem to get all the things done on your to-do list. You're always late for meetings, also for those deadlines. You have a brain with 50 tabs open at any given time. And once again, you can't find the damn car keys. But you're ready for massive accountability and to take action on your goals. They've heard me talk on the podcast about my client results. And I want to let you know that for the first time, I'm opening my doors to the Exponentially Productive Group. So far, this group has only been available to my VIP one-on-one coaching clients, but that's about to change because I've discovered that a lot of people out there are looking for the kind of results that my clients are, and maybe they're just not ready for one-on-one coaching. So what's included in the Exponentially Productive group? There are three productivity power hours each week. You heard me talk about those on the podcast. There is accountability through coaching app that I'm using. We have quarterly group planning sessions, a monthly open office hour, and a monthly coaching session with me. This month only, March, in honor of March Madness, this series that you're listening to now, I'm offering this program for only $127 a month. On April 1st, it will increase in price. You can find more details about the Exponentially Productive Group at productivitybydesign.wishpondpages.com backslash Exponentially Productive Group. The link will also be in the show notes. I would love to see you there. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.